A very somber and disappointing feeling in the Survivor universe tonight, you guys. Two episodes like no other. The Merge, A New Tribe, Finding Idols, Strategic Plays and Conversations. Two survivors eliminated, all overshadowed by lying and sexual harassment accusations. Jeff Probst addresses it, and so will we. Don't click away. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What's Whoa, going on, Survivor what's up, fans? Survivor fans? Oh, goodness. <sighs> Veronica V. Timothy Mike. I don't even know where to start with this episode, you guys. First of all, we are very, very excited to be here. Um, This was, like I said in the intro, two episodes like I've never seen on Survivor. Veronica, I know you feel the same way. This episode, yeah. I think, you know, this is definitely something we have never seen in Survivor. It was there was definitely a lot happening. We're gonna get into it right away. I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes. And you guys, we know that this episode was a lot, and we know that there are many different opinions out there. And we are, as a panel and individuals, are going to try to navigate this and discuss this as best we can. Um, so bear with us. Um, this was, um, w- like I said, two of the the most extreme episodes of Survivor that I've ever witnessed. I think this this. This season of Survivor has addressed social topics. These two episodes, even discussing it right now, is making me nervous and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I mean, I'm literally shaking right now trying to discuss this. I think I think it's that's a interesting point that you bring up, Tim, because that's exactly, I think, kind of what the episode or you know, uh, any type of media that addresses this type of topic kind of wants to point out. They want to deliver the truth and they want to shed light on these mm-hmm. kinds of topics and I think that this was a very important episode because you know I'm sure Survivor has been around since you know 2000 the early 2000s mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know there probably have been instances where maybe some people felt uncomfortable after all it's a social experiment people from all over the U- U.S. basically come together they all have uh different personalities some of them are more open some of them are more touchy-feely you know some of them are more reserved so it's safe to assume that maybe some people f- did feel uncomfortable in previous seasons, but it was never addressed because mm-hmm. it's not, uh, sh- it's not as, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't as addressed as, addressed it, is as it is now. Mm-hmm. So I think this episode was very important. Mm-hmm. It was, it did deal with a lot. I think as far as it, just strictly game pay, play, just strictly going, yes. you know, idols and all that other kind of stuff, that was bad. <laughs> I'll admit that that was perfectly bad. This note thing at Island of the Idols was bad. Yes. So gameplay-wise, it was bad. And then we're also addressing a very important issue that I think certain players, yes. and we'll definitely get into mm-hmm. it, addressed very well. And other players, we are incredibly incredibly disappointed in. No, that's a good point. Sticking to just gameplay, sticking to Survivor as a game, there were a lot of moments that I liked about the episode. I mean, two very strong players went home. There was the merge. We've had the merge feast. There were a lot of strategic conversations happening. But like I said, once again, in the intro, a lot of these things are overshadowed or connected because of what happens ultimately, pretty much ultimately over the course of this entire game up to where we are now. But we're going to try to do our best, you guys, to compartmentalize all the things of Survivor that you all love. We don't want to make this a huge sexual harassment episode because that's that's not what Survivor obviously is about, but it was addressed in the two episodes. So let's get into it, Veronica, shall we? Yes. Let's start at the beginning. Beginning. Uh, night 19 at Lyro Camp, um, right after the last vote Jack was sent home, Nora pretty much throws Kelly under the bus. 
tells her, you know, tells the tribe that it was her who said, you know, vote for, for Jack. And Kelly, right off the bat, is obviously upset. She lies about it. And, you know, she... Jamal believes her. Janet does not. What did you think about that? I understand why. Here's the thing. I was on cloud nine last episode because Kelly did amazing. Mm -hmm. She really did. And, you know, going into this episode, it's safe to assume, oh, people are going to ask, well, who was the other vote for Jack? Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, people are going to come forward. And, of course, Nora did. Um, I think that Kelly... Maybe it's just me. I think that Kelly could have easily said to her alliance, I was suspicious mm-hmm. that maybe did Dean did have an idol. And that, you know, and if she simply says I'm suspicious, I think that, you know, that's enough to get someone to maybe go and change their vote like mm-hmm. Nora did. I think it was just I think it was a lose-lose situation mm-hmm. for Kelly because no no one's ever going to believe you in this game. But I think she could have said I was suspicious. But then of course they're going to ask questions well like well why did you tell Nora and not us and it's just the it, less she said the better honestly. Right, it's like damned if you do damned if you don't. Exactly. It's, we've discussed that before. And you know what honestly Kelly had every right to lie about that, about, you know, Nora saying, you know, she was the one who threw who threw Jack's name out to me. Kelly has every right to be like, no, I didn't. Because honestly, if I was put in that situation, I would probably do the same thing. I would deny, deny, deny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but one thing that I liked about Kelly is right off the bat, she's like, you know what? I feel like I'm in trouble. So she goes out and she finds an idol. One of two over the course of the two episodes or the course of the one episode. And then we have the merge. The merge is something that we've always looked forward to. It's pretty much when worlds collide, even though everybody started this game together, um, and then there was a tribe swap, there have been people that haven't worked together at all. So it's always really nice when the merge happens to see all of these personalities clashing and, and you know, game play discussed and, you know, people wanting to make moves with either new people or old people. It's always nice to see what page everybody's on once the merge happens. How did you feel about everybody after the merge? Hmm. Were you nervous? Because right off the bat, I mean, Dan was like, you know, I want to work with Kelly and Janet, but not Jamal. Um, Tommy was debating on going with old Vokai 7 to 6. We've seen that time and time, time again. Time again. Where they want to stick with their old tribe members. They don't mm-hmm. want to evolve with the game. What did you feel? Oh, I was nervous because they were throwing out my girl's Kelly name. My girl Kelly's name. Yeah. And I adore Kelly. So, of course, I was just nervous from that standpoint because I really like Kelly as a player, so I obviously did not want her name to be thrown out. In terms of Tommy, I rolled my eyes really hard <laughs> because it, you know, I understand Survivor is a numbers game, but there are certain times where it's like, and it's completely a, a viewer's pers- um, personal point of view mm-hmm. and their opinion of it's like, oh, sometimes you like the numbers together because the numbers are who you like. Sometimes you don't like the numbers together because the people you like are not in the numbers. Yeah. In this situation, I just didn't understand Tommy because I feel like he was pulling in a very large group of people and only maybe three people were on the bottom. Like, well, Tommy, what are you going to do after those three people are gone? You yeah. have 13 people left. Mm-hmm. But we uh, kudos to him for wanting to make a move. You know what I mean? At least yeah. for thinking about making... Or having steps ahead of, of mm-hmm. where he is now. Elizabeth was also one of those people that were making a lot of moves. You know, she wanted to stay Vokai strong, she, but she wanted to bring in Kelly, your, one of your favorite players, and Janet, one of your one of our other favorite players. Mm-hmm. And 
Tommy goes and talks to Kelly and Janet, and Kelly pretty much says it straight out, like, it would be bad for them to go with old Volkai because then they would be on the bottom, which I thought was a, a really great point, because she's right, going from the top of where they are now to the bottom of a of a essentially nine strong mm-hmm. uh, it was is where they would be and then Kelly and Janet pretty much let them let the viewers know that they're pretty much threatened by Missy what did you think about that direction I understood uh, I don't necessarily remember they have played with Missy yes they did okay mm-hmm. great I don't blame them. We've said it from the very beginning that the women this season are mm-hmm. the strongest players. We've pointed out that Missy is a strong player. We've pointed out that Kelly, that Janet, that Elaine, we Elizabeth, that they are all strong players. And so it wasn't surprising to me that they were thinking that they need to get out Missy. Yeah. And, I mean, at the t- at the beginning of this episode, again, I was like, no, stop throwing out right. all the girls' names because I like all the girls. I agree. That changed once the episode, for certain players, that yeah. changed as the episode went on. Yes, it did. So Lumuwaku is the new tribe name, uh, which I kind of like. It's very Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I got from it. Um, and they pretty much set off the beginning of the episode right off the bat with these sexual harassment accusations where, where Kelly and Missy, and I just want to get this right because we are going to talk about it in depth. Kelly and Missy are talking about Dan and his inappropriate touching. And Missy Mm -hmm. is the one telling Kelly how uncomfortable she feels. Missy telling Kelly how uncomfortable she feels about Dan and the way that he approaches the women in the tribe or the way that he deals with them. And they pretty much say there, it's a game. Nobody wants to make a scene. Uh, There are consequences for standing up. They're pretty much hinting at this. Did you think early on in the episode that it was going to get as deep and as bad as it did? No. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I did not think that this was going to get... Uh, it, I didn't think that this was going to be as big of a presence in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. And that is because they literally say they're not going to let some... They're not going to make an emotional vote. They're not going to let this impact their game. They don't want to stand up because they don't want to speak out and cause and put a target on their back. They basically don't want to blow up their game is what they're saying, Mm -hmm. which this is brought up later on at The Last Tribal where this does reflect real life where, Mm -hmm. you know, a woman won't stand up and say something because they're afraid of the the consequences. consequences. Yeah. Uh, Well, I honestly thought that this whole Dan thing wasn't going to come up again. I mean, they kind of addressed it in the beginning of the season, and I thought that they had put a pin in that, and then that was that was over and done with. And then they bring up the fact that Kelly, Molly, Missy, Lauren, Elizabeth, all well, we'll talk about we'll talk, we'll about, talk about, that. about that. All felt uncomfortable with Dan, and now there's a chance that the producers could possibly get involved because when Kelly's doing her one on one. One of the producers speaks to her, which is not a which is not a, a common occurrence on Survivor. This was very surprising to me because mm-hmm. I have we've seen obviously medical step in when medical needs to step in, but I have never seen production yeah. have to step in. So this was very shocking, and this was a sign that this has become very very serious because, like you, Tim, they had mentioned it very early on in the season, so we were all aware that some women were uncomfortable with Dan. We knew this very on in the season, but it was never uh, heavily brought up as it was tonight. So I, I kind of with you. I thought, oh, they kind of like uh, put this to the past or put this to the side. They weren't addressing it as much anymore. But when the produ- when production got involved, that's when I knew 
this is a very deep thing. This mm-hmm. is going to be addressed. Yeah, and not only was it that deep, but they also get Janet involved too because the girls feel comfortable in Janet. They feel her like she's like a motherly on like figure who can protect them, if you will. And she she assumes that role. She you know she wants to to stick up for the girls. She feels bad for them, and essentially. Missy and Elizabeth have a conversation after Janet and Kelly have their conversation. And this is when we get just a taste of what Elizabeth is thinking in her mindset. And she says she wants to play up that she was uncomfortable with Dan. That's not right. It was disgusting. It's disgusting behavior. It was bad. Did I think that it was going to get as bad as it did? No. For her to even sit there and say, we're just going to play it up, blatantly out loud with cameras around that's not a game move that's That's, no you can destroy a life with that you can you can destroy a life with that and i think it 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 really affected both people Mm -hmm. both people who that was told to it it affected dan because like you're saying you know if it's not true that can really harm someone and in elizabeth's case it was not true she blatantly said it's not true but she's going to play it up for the sake of gameplay which was not good not smart and it also affected janet because like you said janet took on this motherly role to protect all of the other women she held herself of high more of high morals and high integrity which and, we all should which we all should and she really you know put her gameplay aside to help those mm-hmm. who came to her that were feeling uncomfortable and it hurt janet too because when I'm just going to jump ahead a little yeah, bit, but because when Janet uh, is basically trying to tell Dan, hey, this is why, this is what happened because I was told this, and he's saying that didn't happen, and she goes and confronts both Missy and Elizabeth, and they flat out say, like, yes, I said that, but that's not how I feel. It makes Janet look like a butt, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think though, and I did not respect that. I did not like that. I didn't respect that at all. And and for Missy and Elizabeth both to be on my fantasy draft, I do want to root for these people. I do want because they were two women who I had such high regard and such respect for in the beginning of this game. Because one's a military veteran, one's a you know Olympic, Olympic swimmer. S- swimmer, and you would think that they would have the same high moral ground as Janet does, but I guess not everybody does. Now the producers even go a step further and pretty much gather all the survivors together. They talk about, you know, personal behaviors and personal boundaries, and they issue Dan a warning for his behavior. In that moment, did you think that that was the end of that? I did. I thought, you know, production stepped in like Mm -hmm. they should. They got involved, and they reminded everyone of personal boundaries. They saw the results that this uncomfortability, that the uncomfortability they had and i it was addressed Mm -hmm. and i thought that that was the end of that so did i i completely agree with you i thought it was the end of it i thought maybe jeff would bring it up in tribal this first tribal Mm -hmm. once they would talk about it for 30 seconds and then it would be done it would be squashed honestly that's what i thought let's talk about this first individual immunity because we always love these now that there's a merge everybody plays for themselves Mm -hmm. so you really see who is a front runner in these physical endurance challenges and pretty much essentially the game is you hold a table with three balls every time you lower it it gets harder when all the balls are dropped you're out um pretty much in the first 20 minutes everybody was out it was down to jamal and aaron aaron who's a personal trainer wound up winning over jamal i was actually very proud of jamal for he hung in there he did he did is there any takeaways that really stood out for you in the first immunity challenge i just wanted kelly to win i did want i did want (laughs) kelly to win also and in this moment actually i wanted missy to win because of what lauren had said to her beforehand how they were talking about getting missy out and at this point 
I hadn't turned on Missy yet. I was still like, she's still my girl. I still, mm-hmm. you know, respect her. And, and, you know, she had a very authentic conversation with Missy, uh, with Kelly, saying how she's uncomfortable. So she wasn't the only one. I didn't think that it was going to turn at all. I agree. I thought, you know, we did see her have this, what seemed like a genuine conversation with Kelly. And that's kind of what led to much confusion later on, which we'll touch we'll touch base yes so kelly pretty much essentially wants to work with missy she really respects missy but she feels like it's too late in the game to do that and everybody back at camp lauren's talking to tommy and dean and they want to also target kelly when kelly's name is brought out especially after her also being on your fantasy draft and especially what the awesomeness that was kelly last episode how did you feel about her name being brought up i didn't like it I didn't like it because, like I said, I was on cloud nine with Kelly last week and I was, you know, she had became a personal favorite of mine from, you know, like the second episode when she was hiding the idol in her hair. I really respected her as a player and I didn't like the fact that her name was being um, thrown out. But it's gameplay, and I completely understand maybe why some people did want her out, because she is a threat. Like, she played the game very well last episode. Did you think it was a bit naive for Lauren and Tommy to go talk to Dean about getting Kelly out, especially after she played an idol for him and essentially saved him? I don't think it was naive, because they're not not privy to that information. I think it was an interesting to watch that conversation from an audience standpoint because we do know what Kelly did for Dean and right. we were waiting to see how what game what move Dean would make. Now we've seen in Survivor good favors don't do you any good. Yeah. The person who receives the good favor can eliminate you the the next tribal council and that's exactly what happened. Yes. However, I was a little shocked. I think Dean would have extended a little bit of thanks to Kelly because she, it's not like, you know, she gave up a reward and gave it to him or something like that. Like we've seen in other seasons. Mm -hmm. She saved his life in this game. She allowed him to make the merge. Mm -hmm. So I thought at the very least, maybe that would extend one vote. Just one vote. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. But we've seen it time and time again on Survivor where somebody does something for somebody where it does involve saving them, giving up an immunity necklace for somebody, and then that person gets sent home by the person that they give the immunity necklace for. So we've seen it happen before. It wasn't that... It wasn't much of a surprise. Did it burn a little bit? Yes. So it burned a lot. Burn it burned a lot for you. Yes, it, it burned did. a lot. It for did. Me. It did. Uh, so we see now Jamal also. He's discussing this whole thing with Dan as well, because the girls have talked about this. It got back to Jamal. Jamal is now sitting here in there, and same with Janet stepping up and saying, "You know what? Let's write Dan. If all the girls feel uncomfortable, then let's get Dan out. It- if he's not." contributing anything to the tribe if you know we feel he's not even really much of a physical threat or a social threat he Mm -hmm. just makes everybody uncomfortable so why not get him out i thought that was a good point i thought that was a good point as well i also think that when it came to dan there was a lot there were multiple players coming at him from different angles Mm -hmm. for example in the beginning Nora and jamal kind of were saying, hey, let's work together to get out Dan, because Jamal was saying, Dan is the only person who was coming for me. So he want in the beginning, he wanted Dan out strictly because he's like, Dan is my enemy. Dan wants to get me out. I have to get out Dan before Dan gets me out. So we had two angles with Dan. Some people wanted to get get him out for for gameplay purposes. Mm -hmm. Some people wanted to get him out because they wanted to provide a safe and comfortable 
um, experience for mm-hmm. people to play this game. Yeah, so we've got Kelly's name out there, we've got Dan's name out there. Kelly, once again, feeling like she's in danger, goes out once again to find another idol, and she does. Girl! So now she has two idols in her pocket going into this tribal, so she should feel, she should feel very safe, very secure, and, you know, I honestly thought that she would play it. I did too. I thought Kelly is a very smart player. Mm-hmm. I think that she would have played it as well because I think she would have read people very well. I am surprised that she didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad to know that she is now in the same boat as James going home with two idols in her pocket. Two idols in her pocket. Let's talk about this first tribal council a little bit more. So Jack is the first member of the jury, which I was surprised by because I didn't realize the jury was happening this I fast. didn't realize it either. I was like, oh, Jack's part of the jury. Okay, he, great. He brought it up in his like goodbye speech, but I was like, we're doing the jury already? Yeah, I totally I totally missed that, probably by whatever thing that happened in this episode. Um <laughs> But the pretty much the the overall message for the first tribal is trust or it was trust outweighs deception. Do you go with trust or do you go with deception in this game? And essentially people said that they made their votes based on trust, which is why they voted to send Kelly home. In my mind, Dean was one of those votes for Kelly. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make any sense because she clearly wanted to work with him. She even went a step further to play an idol for him to save him. So how could he possibly sit there and say, I want to play I want to make my decisions based off trust in this game and build trust? I don't think he realized what he was saying mm-hmm. by going along with the numbers, because that's exactly what Dean did this episode. He went along with the numbers to continue to stay in this game and he kind of went along with the conversation of trust Mm -hmm. to stay in this game. Here's my question just for the first tribal council. So Kelly goes home. Kelly is one of the first people to accuse Dan of the whole sexual harassment thing. Do you think that that had anything to do with why she went home? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that had... I don't think her feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and bringing up those concerns had any reason or played any part in sending her home. I don't think that. I think people did send her home strictly from a competitor's point of view because she was a very good player. I think, though, that everything that happened on the other side, though, was where the problem really started but you can't write a better episode i mean it's literally dan the accused and kelly the accuser Mm -hmm. it's pretty much down to the two i think this is where the confusion for me started to really kick in Mm -hmm. because you know janet as we have said kind of steps up and is like okay we're gonna go with dan and you know kelly being the smart player she is she's not gonna try and ruffle any feathers by switching the vote back to missy Mm -hmm. who was their original target she's gonna stick with dan and i think she's okay with that given their history. Mm -hmm. But this is where it gets confusing because Janet does this thinking that a lot of the women are affected by this. And we as an audience, aside from maybe Elizabeth, (laughs) feel like, yeah, that's that's true because we have heard multiple times in this season that they are uncomfortable with Dan with Dan. Yeah. So this is where the confusion really started for me. I agree. Before we get into the second episode, so that was episode eight, I'm going to shoot it over to Veronica for some Mm -hmm. words. Yeah. We just want to say, hey, guys, before we move on to the second part of this episode, we just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. You know, there are so many shows here on AfterBuzz TV. We have reality. We have dramas. We have comedies. We have everything. Uh, But to help us, but to continue for us to grow, we're asking for your help. So if you could please give this video a thumbs thumbs up 
like and uh, and subscribe to our channels. Also, help spread the word and give us a five-star review on iTunes because, you know, one through four don't work. We <laughs> would really appreciate it. And, you know, no matter where you are, continue to get involved in the conversation. You know, this is an episode of Survivor like we have never seen. And just from what I'm seeing in our chat and from what I've been seeing on Twitter, it definitely did have an impact. And I and people are definitely talking. So stay involved in the conversation. I just want to give a quick shout out to all of my tribe mates who have been joining us tonight. Uh, shout out to Josh Sheldon, Raven, Mere Domains, uh, Sloss Pop, Sheena123, Joseph Boza, uh, Kelsum and Ryan, and let's see, Meg and Timaz, and I see you all. Malcolm, <laughs> I see you all. I'm trying to get as many people as possible, but thank you so much for tuning in. Eric Eric with the thumbs and the stars and the thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every single week and getting involved in the discussion with us. We love you guys. You're such loyal fans and we love you. We love having these discussions with you every single week. Uh, we love having, you know, survivor geek moments with you all and we're just going to roll right into the second episode because it was a two-hour episode tonight. So, pretty much Janet feels betrayed by what just happened with Kelly mm-hmm. because she essentially feels, once again, like this mother figure that they were going to target Dan. I mean, as much as we want to sit here and say that it wasn't Dan who was sexually who was accused of sexual harassment and Kelly who was the accuser of the sexual harassment, th- that was pretty much what the tribal was essentially. Yeah, and y- it was pretty much drawing a line in the sand. It's like you're either on one side or you're on the other side, and people chose their side. They chose to send Kelly home. Now, we could sit here and say that it was for a social game. She was a great player. She was a smart player. She had two idols, two idols in her pocket. Those things are not even up for debate. She was a very strong player. She could have won this entire game. She could have. That's not what we're debating. She she should have. (laughs) But when it comes down to Dan versus Kelly... That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. So, once again, like I said, Janet feels very, very betrayed. And she pulls Dan aside and she wants to talk to him. And we get this emotional side from Dan now where he pretty much addresses it straight on camera where he says, you know, in 22 years of his, of business and, and working with, you know, people in the industry that he works in, he has never once had anybody accuse him of something like this before. And my heart really did go out to him because it's it's one thing to be accused of it and it be true but there's another total thing of somebody buddy's accusing of it yeah. and it, it's not true i think i understand what you're saying and i i agree because in this situation as an audience member you do kind of you know maybe empathize with him a little bit because the people you know who the rest of the people who were accusing him were lying yes for gameplay yeah awful well before yeah let's no let's get into that so yeah. we because this ha- the, pretty much just blew up back at camp the night of Tribal, right after, Janet is tells Dan, you know, what happened with all of the girls and how they came to her and said all of these things. And Dan goes back and tells Missy and Elizabeth, and they flat out say yeah. that we never said that, that we were never uncomfortable with you, that we didn't have a problem sleeping with you. Now, in Elizabeth's case, that may have been true. In Missy's mm-hmm. case, on the other hand, that was completely fabricated. Sorry, side note. Mm-hmm. Before we kind of dive into this a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. I just want to say something real quick. I do want to give a shout out to Lauren in this episode, who when addressed by Janet, she, um, Lauren basically said she was speaking her truth. Yes. That she didn't have these feelings towards Dan because it didn't, you know, she didn't experience that. Fair. So I want to give a shout out to Lauren mm-hmm. because, you know, she was able 
to make a judgment based on her experience. Yes. And I we can't necessarily speak about for the other women, such as Nora or Karishma. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we say women, we are primarily speaking about Kelly, Janet, Missy, and Elizabeth in this specific situation. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, and I completely agree with you. Lauren had every right to speak her truth. She obviously never had a problem with Dan. Does that excuse his behavior? It does not because someone still did feel uncomfortable. Thank you. That And that is the point that I want to get across is that whether Dan felt that he was doing something wrong is not the point. The point is that several people, I can go back and read the names if I must, um, I don't know where they are right now, but there are several names on mm-hmm. this tribe that felt uncomfortable by his behavior. And if you are making somebody feel uncomfortable and they have told you time and time again that mm, I don't really like to be touched and you continue to do it, then you're crossing a line. You're crossing sure. a boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I agree with. What I also didn't agree with was how they flipped it and tried to make Janet look like the a victim. Or, yeah. Yeah, they tried to make... Janet looked like the, a butt, and they tried to throw it out and saying mm-hmm. Janet is being the victim here. Yeah. It, it was infuriating yeah, so to listen to. Right off of that, Janet knows she's in trouble. She feels like she's on the bottom. bottom. She feels like she's isolated. She goes out, and she finds an immunity idol. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, Karma does exist. <laughs> um, and then, you know... Jamal and Karishma, let's talk about this really quick, are walking through the forest. We'll take a break um, from the sexual harassment talk. Mm-hmm. And they find a message in a tree. Jamal goes and grabs it. He goes to Island of the Idols. And pretty much his lesson is that, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> I have to flat out say, I thought this was dumb. I'm sorry, Survivor. I thought this this particular part of the gameplay was so dumb because yep. it's like... If I see something floating in the air, of course I'm going to take it. Like, everything on Survivor, (laughs) like, when you see something, of course you take it because you're like, reward, advantage, idol, what have you. Was it out in the open a little bit too much? Sure. But sometimes things are. Sometimes things are a little obvious. And it's just like, I just thought it was dumb. This idea of, like, it was meant to teach you a lesson, like... No. Well, how did you feel taking it a step further where they give him this blank piece of parchment and a piece of uh, pencil, and he has to write whatever he wants in there to sabotage another player. And how do you think he played it? Did you think that he played it smart? I think he played it... The best he could? The best he could. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. I think he played it the best he could. I think that, you know, being able to come up with your own advantage Mm -hmm. was, you know, powerful. The rules were a little confusing because I don't know if he had to give the advantage to someone else because the theme was sabotage. Or if he could have made an advantage for himself and say, you know, I'm going to take away so-and-so's vote and just never give it to someone like he gave it to Dean. I think he played it the best that he could. But I also think this was a dumb lesson because when when you give someone a piece of a piece of paper and a pencil and it does not look like anything else on Survivor, who the heck's gonna believe it? I feel like you gave someone an impossible task. Right. At least go back and say, you know, write what you want us to write on this piece of paper and then we'll make it look like an actual something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you could really sabotage somebody. Not a handwritten note. Yeah. I thought it was a little too obvious. And you know, Dean and everybody else pretty much catches on to it as well. I felt bad for Dean in this moment because... It did put a target on his back, but then I remembered he just voted out Kelly, and I didn't feel bad for him anymore. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't feel bad for him at all let's, after that. Let's talk about the second immunity challenge. So 
Um, essentially, once again, another endurance challenge. They've got to hold on to a handle over water, and then they have to lower toward the water. Jeff, being the sadomasochist that he is, has to lower them in five-minute increments until everybody drops, and then there are going to be two winners. One male, one female. Um, I thought that was a nice twist as well. There was going to be two winners and not just one. Were Mm -hmm. you surprised by that? A little. I mean, I kind of didn't feel shocked at any point. I mean... Scratch that. I felt at this point in the episode, mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised anymore by what they were throwing at us because so much, so many unexpected things were happening. I just kind of learned to go with it. I agree with you. So, I mean, essentially, Aaron wins for the men. Missy wins for the women. Um, and this, the one takeaway that I got was Aaron is a physical threat. I mean, he's won two endurance challenges back to back. I mean, he's on my fantasy draft, but like, get him out. But ugh, I mean, <laughs> but like, he's a threat. So I mean, he is he is a threat. And you know, Missy right off the bat pretty much states out three names: Jamal, Janet, and Karishma are the targets. Based off of those three names, how did you feel? Based off of those three names, who I'm sorry, who th- who threw out Missy? Missy. Missy says right after the tribal. I mean, right after the uh, the immunity challenge. You know, Jamal, Janet, and Karishma are targets tonight. This. It just made me even more upset because, especially after everything that happened with Janet. Mm-hmm. With Jamal, at first, it kind of was whatever. You know, people can say, oh, he's a threat because of Island of the Idols. But after how he spoke up at Tribal, yeah. the fact that his name was also in the pool and the fact that he went home is also disappointing because I think, you know, he was very well spoken yeah. at Tribal. So the group has a meeting back at camp and essentially Janet is safe. Janet's name isn't even really brought up that much. It's essentially they want to split the vote between Jamal because he was on Island of the Idols and he pretty much lied and they knew that. And then Karishma because she's just been on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Then we get into the second tribal council. Now, Jack and Kelly are now on the jury. Janet sits there and tries to explain herself and everything that she felt after the last tribal. And this is really where the two episodes just kind of blew up. Yeah. So... Aaron tried to do a little bit of mansplaining um, and pretty much said that Janet was playing the victim. Infuriating. Mm-hmm. He needed to shut it. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I felt like Janet had every right to sit there and say how she felt and that she was right. I mean, she, she was, was telling right. the truth. She was. It was heartbreaking listening to Janet because, as we have already said, you know, Janet was saying how she gave up her game for a split moment to, you know, hold herself of high morals and integrity to do something for other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was very special and a very, you know, big thing for her to do. And it was heartbreaking listening to her mm-hmm. because you have someone like Missy and Elizabeth who were just lying to her. Mm-hmm. Janet was telling the truth. Janet was making a vo- Janet was put in her position based on what people were telling her. Those were the people like Kelly, Elizabeth, and Missy. Missy and Elizabeth were lying. But was Missy really lying? I don't know at this point. I am so confused by her because she did have that conversation with Kelly. And it seemed like she was genuine. She had talked about how she was at the merge feast and he was playing with her feet and it was weird and like all this other stuff. And we saw that like his like Dan was sleeping next to her and his hand was like on her leg and stuff like that. So, you know, with Missy, I'm so confused because it seemed like Missy was telling the truth. But then she backtracks and says, no, because of my, you know, for gameplay, I'm going to say no and i don't know and then and then not to jump too far ahead and then she votes for janet yeah i don't understand her i don't understand her as well i was just as infuriated with missy as well i mean missy out of the three women kelly missy and elizabeth wasn't the the biggest 
disappointment, in my opinion, that was definitely Elizabeth. Missy definitely backtracked, and I kind of lost respect for her as a person. Because you can't sit there and, and say to another woman, you know, I, I feel these things. And then this person goes on behalf of you and tries to stick up for you. And then you go and, and lie to her face and, and, try to to her face and try to vote her out. It's like, where where do you get off? That's yeah. I mean, I would say that that's not fair, but there's a lot of things in this world that aren't fair. And what I liked about the tribal is that, you know, Jeff Probst, I have to, you know, commend him for this. He was not letting it go. No. Even though Dan was a very... He was giving off a vibe of annoyance, of anger. Um, like and- he was mad that these things were coming up and he was mad that people were still talking about it. I and mean, it's like, of course, we're still going to talk about it. We need to address it yes. because it wasn't really addressed at the last tribal council. Jeff is getting filled in on by production of mm-hmm. everything that's going on at tribal. Jeff needs to address it. And, you know, Jeff Probst is a phenomenal host. You know, he always, you know, tries to keep people he always keeps people safe mm-hmm. he always knows where the line is crossed and he knows when people need to leave if that line is crossed we saw that in game changers yes. and so i really respect jeff for you for addressing this and to continue to address it and not let someone try and get by because they're annoyed or they don't want to hear it and what i like about jeff is that he's always fair he gave dan the opportunity to clear the air and The one thing that I didn't like about what Dan was saying, actually there were a few, was that he addresses Kelly right on the jury, which is, once again, a very rare occurrence because you're technically not allowed to do that. You're not supposed to do that, yeah. Um, And he sits there and says, you know, if you felt this way or if you felt that I was touching you in a specific way, you know, I'm sorry. Um, But then he kind of covers it up with the whole but. He says, but if if I was trying to get by you and I touched you here or, you know, if we're sleeping all together and I'm climbing over you and you feel like. So it was like, yes, you're apologizing. But if there's a but involved, Mm -hmm. it's not really a sincere apology in my eyes. It wasn't a sincere apology. And like I said, this tribal got very muddy because Mm -hmm. there was so much going on. Like we said, I don't know. Missy's truth. I don't know where she stands. I just know what I saw and what I saw was disappointing. And the same thing kind of goes with Dan where it's like, we do know for a fact that Kelly felt uncomfortable around Dan, but he was also being accused by other people who didn't share those same things. Mm -hmm. So I understand his frustration from those two. Yes, But he needs to address how he was making Kelly feel. Because we know that um, feeling was genuine. In a moment of all honesty, I believe that Dan had no ill intentions of the way that he was with these women. I, yeah. I honestly believe that he is just a very touchy, feely, affectionate person. I am the same way. And I have been told by people, some women, that they are not comfortable with that. So what do I do? I sit there and I say, okay, if you're not comfortable with it, I'm not going to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Dan wasn't doing he that. He wasn't getting That's it. That's the point. He's That's, not self-aware. No. And for you not to be self-aware for something like that, for something that is, is as big as that. And I think it's just an excuse, Veronica, because mm-hmm. you can't sit here and say, oh, you know, I worked in I work in this industry where, you know, the Me Too mo- movement was pretty much started. And, you know, I'm very much aware of it. Mm-hmm. But then when somebody comes up to you and says that they don't feel comfortable with something like that, you are oblivious to it. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. I just didn't understand how 
I'm glad that he apologized, and I'm really excited to see the reunion show and how all of this... Because it's going to come back. Of course, it is. Uh, comes to light. Elizabeth, if we can talk about her for a second. We've talked about Kelly. Kelly spoke her truth. She asked Dan to stop several times. He didn't. She got voted out. Sucks. Missy lied about several things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she said that she was uncomfortable, and I believe she was. And then... Lied and to, then lied, and I don't know and where she stands. And said that she didn't, yeah. she wasn't uncomfortable. And then we have Elizabeth. Elizabeth sits there and goes, "You know, I do feel, I don't feel any type of way, but I'm going to play up that I feel uncomfortable towards Dan in order to get in or further my game." And I just think that that is so reprehensible and so disgusting that I, I don't even know what to say. It's it. How exactly I. Those words are great. I completely agree with you, Tim. It was awful. Yeah. It was awful. It was disappointing. It was disgusting. You know, all the words to describe that because it wasn't true. Yeah. And then, you know, I love Elaine, but Elaine was also part of this. It didn't necessarily showcase her, but it was a part of this because Elizabeth advised Elaine, if Janet comes to you and says to vote out Dan, just go along with it and say, yes, he made you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We never saw if that actually happened or not, but considering how the way the vote turned out, we can assume it did. So, you know, more people were involved in this, and that's what made it so awful. Because you do have a contestant who genuinely did feel uncomfortable, who was crying in her interview. Production had to step in, and you're using it... as a way to get ahead in the game and not really thinking about your fellow player and how this, either at this point, fellow player, you know, the person you're falsely accusing and the person who felt awful and uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. You're not thinking about your fellow fellow players. I think you said that perfectly. And, you know, we see the votes. Jamal actually gets voted out. Um, Janet plays her idol. Not necessary, but I'm glad she played it. I'm glad she played it. I would rather have her have, at this rate, I would rather somebody play it and not even have needed it than have needed it and not have played it. Yeah. Because so many people have gone home at this rate with idols in their pockets. So Jamal gets sent home, um, which was another thing that was very sad because he did stand with the the women of the tribe. Um, but once again, he was also a very good player. He had a, he was a very good social player. And I don't believe that he was just sent home because of everything that happened. It's just ev- this was overshadowing everything in yeah. these in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a, such a strong topic. Yeah. And you guys, we did our best to to kind of invoke our, you know, our platform and, you know, say how we felt about it in an honest, real way. Uh, if we offended anybody, we apologize. That's not our intention. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here just saying our truth and how we felt about the situation. I'm sure, like we said in the beginning of the episode, everybody has opinions on this, you guys. Um, there is really no right opinion on it. I mean... You just gotta. There, there. Like I said, there were multiple storylines happening mm-hmm. in this. There's multiple opinions. There was just a lot going on this episode, but a very important episode of Survivor, definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Veronica, for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for Tim for leading this discussion. Thank you. I'm very glad that you were with me on this one. <laughs> I really needed your support for it. Uh, so that is our review, you guys, of Survivor Island of the Idol season 39, episodes eight and nine. We're gonna do our MVP segment very quickly. We don't need any music for it or anything. We're just gonna get to it, doing them two at once, both say Janet. Uh, Janet. Once is hashtag I'm with her. Um, and for I obvious mean, reasons, for Janet. obvious reasons, we can't. Even, we don't even have to discuss it. Janet is the MVP, and I hope she goes very far in this game. Me too. Uh, let's get into some news and gossip. Very quickly. I know very, you have a very quickly. quick mm-hmm. thing that you want to say. Yes. So there was an article, uh, an interview with Jeff Probst uh, in Entertainment Weekly, basically address uh, talking to him, addressing this episode. It is a very long interview, and we unfortunately don't have time to go into it, so we can link it in the description, but it is basically Jeff 
addressing this issue, and he goes into quite a bit of information about it. Yeah, so we don't have time for predictions, you guys, so we are going to cut it, but that is our review, once again, of Survivor Island of the Idols, Season 39, Episode 8 and 9. We will see you guys same time next week. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.